This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk Radio Season 3, Episode 13. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 13 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funy-Hetton and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funy-Hetton. Good afternoon, Randy. Good afternoon, Lynn. <laughs> this is our lucky Episode 13. Ooh, Episode 13, Season 3. Okay. And who are we lucky to have with us today? So joining us today are superintendents, Dr. Michael Lubel-Feld and Dr. Nick Poliak, authors of The Unlearning Leader, Leading for Tomorrow Schools Today, and also co-founders of the Twitter chat for school superintendents, hashtag soupedchat. Mike has served as a public school superintendent in suburban Chicago, Illinois, since 2010. On July 1st, 2013, he became the superintendent of schools in Deerfield, Illinois, DPS 109, he earned his doctorate in curriculum instruction from Loyola University of Chicago and is an adjunct faculty at National Lewis University in the Department of Educational Leadership. His 25-year educational career has included serving as an assistant superintendent, a principal, and a middle school teacher. Mike is an advocate for integrating educational technology throughout instruction. And joining Mike is Nick. Nick serves as superintendent in the Leiden Community High School District 212. He earned an undergraduate degree from August Anna College, a master's from Governor State University, and his doctorate from Loyola University, Chicago. Nick previously served as a classroom teacher, coach, building and district level administrator, and school board member. He's been a superintendent for the past seven years in both central Illinois and suburban Chicago. He earned an IASA School of Advanced Leadership Fellowship, and he also graduated from the AASA National Superintendent Certification Program, which Randy is actually working on right now. Welcome to the show, Mike and Nick. Thank you so much, Randy and Lynn. We're thrilled to be here. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Yeah, it's awesome having you here. We're going to talk a little bit about leadership and your recent publication, The Unlearning Leader. So to kick off the conversation, every book... Every writer has a big question that they're trying to, to tackle in their writing, in their book. So what's that big question behind the unlearning leader? What inspired you to put this work together? All right, that's a great question. I'll tell you the fact that over the last few years, all around education leadership conferences and in all the journals and all the writing, there's been a whole focus on the fact that the school structures we have now are, are pretty much basically from the 1890s and 19th century. So while we've been learning and reforming for all these years and essentially changing very little on a large scale, Nick and I have a question of 
what is it really going to take for leaders to change and transform education and schooling for tomorrow's schools? And that's why we suggest that it's unlearning. Yeah, I, I would say the, the burning question for Mike and I is what have we as educational leaders been taught to be true along the way that is no longer true? What do we need to take out of our heads to make room for what kids need for the future? So one of the connections I'm making to your to your answers is connected to a lot of the work that we've been doing, Lynn and I, and within our school district, and this idea of truly transforming learning. And we've uh, had a number of conversations with uh, superintendents and other school leaders around the country. And this idea that transformation isn't just tinkering with the current system, it's actually like letting go of some things from the past and creating something that looks new. And one of the things that we've really been putting our heads into is this idea around learner-centered. Um, and so you're, what you're speaking to is really, really make, we make connections to that. So thinking about um, talking about what you have to unlearn and how the role of leadership is transformed, how does the connection to um, technology and social media impact our leadership's ideas about connection and, you know, thinking face-to-face, thinking social media, thinking technology and what that affords us and how we can learn to connect with others. You know, how does that impact our role of leadership and this transformation that you're talking about? I'll start on this one, Mike. If you think about the superintendency decades ago, communication and collaboration happened on the golf course and it happened at the coffee shop. And that's, that's where superintendents got together with one another. Now that's happening daily hourly on Twitter and on Voxer and through things like this podcast. And so when we allow ourselves to be connected, uh, we're all better together. I'm a former math teacher. I believe in the multiplicative effect of leadership. When we combine our efforts for all of our students, everybody ends up winning. I'm going to add a little bit to that and and let you know that the the foundation of research that um, sort of underpins our book comes from the five exemplary practices of leadership that are written about by Kuzis and Posner in the Leadership Challenge. And this connection requires us to model the way, which is the first of their five exemplary practices. And Nick and I, as leading learners and learning leaders, have been modeling the way through use of Twitter as one of the uh, social media um, devices and, and methods. We also use Voxer. We model it for our leaders. We model it with our teachers and our students in our community. Another part of this whole technology and social media is inspiring a shared vision. What is it for? How do you balance the need for humility and the value of humility and the sort of perception of self-promotion? And how do you balance that and grapple with that to say, no, no, it's really not about me, the individual. It's about we, the organization. As one of the leaders, I'm inspiring a shared vision or attempting to do so by connecting through these various social media. Also challenge the process is the third exemplary practice, which is what all of this is about. And then enabling others to act and encouraging the heart, really using social media to flatten out the need for titles and flatten out the need for the superintendent to exclusively learn with and from the superintendent and really unlearn that and broaden it. And this idea that as superintendents and as school leaders today, now more than ever, we have to be learners. And it's through that connection that we're constantly learning. And the connection that I'm making is when we've done this podcast, it's been, this is like our third year now, and it's been 
hopefully useful to other people out there, but it's been a huge, hugely powerful learning experience for mm -hmm. us to connect with people like you, other book authors, and, you know, people that we normally wouldn't, you know, without the technology and without the motivation to make those connections would not, not normally be able to learn from. So mm -hmm. the, the connection piece in that part of your book is a really, really powerful one. So uh, let's take it to the personal level here, this idea of being the unlearning leader, if each of you could take this question. So in, in your uh, recent past, what are some of the things or what's one thing that you've had to unlearn and how have you sort of navigated through that process? Help our listeners understand what that actually might look like. All right. Um, Randy Lynn, I, I started my superintendent experience in a one school school district where I was the only central office administrator. So I was responsible for all of the areas and I enjoyed learning. I learned a ton. I realized how much I didn't know. So I learned all of that. It was wonderful. Coming here to Deerfield three years later, I uh, was really fortunate and am really fortunate to have a team. So recently, the greatest unlearning leadership challenge for me has been to activate the enable others to act exemplary practice um, from the leadership challenge and help with the vision, help with the challenge, be the cheerleader, come up with the ideas and step back and not be micro granularly involved in everything and really empower and build capacity. It's so um, liberating. It's been so refreshing because I'm really unlearning a leadership style that was quite successful and got me to this superintendency. I'm unlearning that and the district is multiplying and growing and doing great things because of the other leaders in our community. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take the question to be very personal. You know, as I was growing up as an educator, the superintendents I always worked for were folks near the end of their career. There were people who became a superintendent and maybe did that for the last handful of years before they retired. Now there's a whole generation of us that are superintendents in our 30s and 40s. And I think we're having to unlearn what life is like to be a superintendent, but also be a dad of young children and husbands and wives and, and members of our churches and friends and trying to balance life in this job. It's, it's required a lot of unlearning for me as to how I allocate my time, where I prioritize, uh, that's been a challenge for me. So both personal and professional things to unlearn and relearn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So thinking about learning, let's let's move on to chapter five and talk about unlearning professional development. And you know, we've been thinking a lot about how we can transform some of our professional learning opportunities. Um, you know, look at things in a new way, competency-based learning, and perhaps digital badging. So what have you done in this area of redefining professional development and professional learning? And what have you had to unlearn about that context? Yeah, Mike, I know you'll probably talk about your Deerfield University. So I'll start and then tee it up for you. But uh, one of the things I think at a very, uh, a very central level, I think in understanding that the days of bringing in a keynote speaker to talk to all of our teachers and expect that that speech is gonna be relevant to all of them and meet them where they are, is maybe not the reality anymore. And so uh, Mike and I talk in terms of, we always use the phrase, we like to go where the smart people are. Sometimes the smart people are, are at physical conferences. <laughs> um, but sometimes going where the smart people are means getting on social media and getting professional developed that way. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it means going and visiting schools to see what they're doing. Go, go see it in person, steal it, and adapt it to our district. It's a very different idea of professional development rather than just 
going to a conference and hoping what you see meets your personal needs. I love, love all of that and, and add with here in the Deerfield Public Schools, one of the greatest needs that was shared with me uh, on a, a local micro level was the fact that professional development had gone away from aligning with the teacher's interests, teacher's desires, teacher's needs, and the student's needs. And along with the larger picture around the, the nation and around the world about this concept, my, um, my team and I unlearned how professional development institute days in services had been done for years and years and years, and we unlearn the structures. And we've got um, examples with the Teaching and Learning Conference, which created 16 learning sessions or, or mini workshops, and some were taught by our own teachers, some were taught by outside experts, and the, the employees, the faculty and staff were, would select four of those sessions to go to, similar to a professional conference that we go to as superintendents. So we're replicating that type of choice-based learning. In addition, as Nick referenced, we have been experimenting with exploring and using some voluntary personalized professional learning and development. It started with the Deerfield College, which had a, a voluntary series of after school classes taught by our own staff and administrators. It evolved into the Deerfield University, which allowed us to use a little bit of micro badging and credentialing and allow teachers who chose to, and administrators who chose to pursue various courses from various campuses that we've created to learn and push themselves. And we gave some rewards and some uh, t-shirts and iPads and celebrations for that. And it's really saying learner-centered is the young learners and the adult learners as well. So what was the reaction to that um, shift in the optional professional personalized, more personalized learning and the badging that you started? Uh, the personalized learning, the choice-based workshop approach is extremely popular, very well received, and quite frankly, very well appreciated mm -hmm. because we would even have the same content at different skill levels. Mm -hmm. Speaking specifically in the ed tech area, people felt more comfortable if they were beginning to be with other groups of beginning and if they were advanced to be with other groups of advanced. That's very, very powerful and positive. Mm -hmm. Deerfield University, completely voluntary, completely on their own, we had thousands of courses completed and we only have about, we have less than 300 teachers. Mm. So I, the numbers really speak for themselves and moving forward, we're going to be looking to even uh, more formalized ways of incorporating that into even possibly our compensation and, and benefit structure moving mm -hmm. forward. And it's being well received. So Mike, where did you get the, um... Where did the courses come from? Did teachers create them? Did leaders create them? Did you use um, third-party courses? What all those courses that were embedded, those thousand that were taken, what, where was that content and how was that content developed? Well, I'll tell you, I am uh, so fortunate that I've been working with Dr. Jeff Zoll, who is a, a well-respected published author, speaker, consultant. He's been the assistant superintendent for teaching and learning here in the Deerfield Public Schools for the past four years. Jeff pretty much wrote all the courses in Deerfield University based upon coursework that others had created and he's created over the years. It was since refined with some um, entries from Marcy Faust, uh, one of our directors. She's the director for Innovative Learning. We used a third party platform and now we're looking into other uh, areas of, of already created in, in uh, third party areas, but really the bulk of the credit goes to Jeff Zoll, and um, his team, which includes Marcy and Amy Rubin and some others, also deserve a great deal of credit. 
It sounds like a really interesting opportunity for your teachers and leaders. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm really proud of the team and I'm really proud of the, of the results. So I love this lens of learning, unlearning, and I think that um, it helps as we reflect on our practice and help our uh, other educators in our systems reflect on their practice, helps maybe make this idea of transformation a little bit more palatable. The idea that I'm not just continually putting new stuff on my plate, I'm, I'm sort of backtracking a little bit and saying, okay, I'm going to let go of this because now I'm going to embrace this. So I, I really do like that lens. And the other thing that I was intrigued by part of your title, um, because it's sort of a personal passion of mine, this idea of leading for tomorrow's schools today. And one of the things that I'm fascinated by is, is that, you know, we work in this linear system Meanwhile, the outside world is like growing exponentially with all the technology and, you know, who knows what kind of economic changes are going to come our way, you know, in the near future. So what do you think, what is that future? What does that tomorrow look like uh, for our students? I oftentimes remind uh, our staff that our kindergartners this year are going to graduate in 2029 and... Do we have any idea what that is? And I, I think that leading for tomorrow's schools today is something that really needs to be uh, reflected on and discussed. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on what schools will look like tomorrow. I think it's a little cliche, but you know, we hear people say, our students are walking around our schools today with the wealth of every fact of, you know, in existence in the world in their pockets and their cell phones. Mm -hmm. And so the days of the teacher as the dispenser or the repository of knowledge, I think are going away as they should with, a, um, with an emphasis coming on those transferable skills. As kids, as the kids we're educating are gonna have multiple careers, multiple jobs. So what skills can we give them that are gonna transfer no matter what they're doing? So we talk in terms of creativity and collaboration and, uh, and those, those types of skills. But we also look at credentials. So you're leaving school with not only a diploma, but also a credential that will lead you into a, a potential job if you want that. Or it's going to help you develop a passion for which direction you want to go when you leave. You know, Randy, you hit it when you said we operate in these linear, linear models. I think if I can visualize where our schools are going locally here, it's towards interdisciplinary, problem-based, project-based, helping kids understand the relevancy of what we're teaching them, not these pockets of 45 minutes of math, 45 minutes of English. Like that's, that's where we need to get to um, for tomorrow. Absolutely. I, I really, I, I'll tell you, I agree with everything Nick says. And I also think that physically the schools need to look physically different. Um, over the years, schools with the cinder block were, fashioned like hospitals, prisons, and factories. And for whatever that's worth, that, that simply was how they were created. And right now, the physical design is reflecting a different approach. It's reflecting differences. You can sit, you can stand, you can have a core strength ball, you can have Velcro, you can have things like that. And to the outside observer, that looks very simple and it, it looks very subtle. But to those of us inside, knowing that the workplace is customized. The um, example I use is you can go to Walgreens, uh, for example, global headquarters here in Deerfield. Uh, you can go there and you can buy any type of perfume, any type of deodorant, any type of soap. 
So your choices for the way you smell are personalized. Yet you go <laughs> into a school and you really have one way in many places and, and you know multiple ways moving forward in other places. So the, the look and feel of our schools tomorrow needs to change today. So meaning today we've got to really recreate it. Maybe we should have more of a Googleized approach to the physical space and therefore we can actually collaborate and not have to only know what we know. Um, I coined a phrase that I've got a tolerance for ambiguity and it makes some people uncomfortable because I'm willing to insert chaos into a system to cause change and not necessarily predefine the outcome or know exactly which tree is going to go to and we've got to do more of that today and it doesn't mean failure it means it trying it means mm -hmm. learning from those attempts and mm -hmm. we've got to really stop focusing only on what we know and, ex and, and, and accept the fact that what we don't know can be learned and we got to learn it together and we can learn it differently and it's hard it's really mm -hmm. hard for people very growth mindset well, thank you for sharing um, those ideas and lots of opportunities. It's interesting to hear both of your perspective on the same topic. Are, are you working on anything together next as collaborative partners? What, what's coming up for Mike and Nick? Well, Nick and I like to do pretty much everything together uh, professionally. We, uh, <laughs> we've, we've got this cool bond and this crazy sort of synergy. Uh, right now, we're working on another book with a, a fellow Illinois superintendent, PJ Capozzi. That book um, will be out. Uh, sometime early next year, and um, we're excited about that project. We're also working on some professional development projects for the state uh, and the nation. Yeah, Mike and I, are, we, uh, we run the Illinois Aspiring Superintendents Academy, so we're trying mm -hmm. to build up the, uh, the network of future leaders, mm -hmm. and uh, we also are co-directors of the AASA Digital Consortium, so we oh wow digital digital-minded superintendents from across the country. Yeah, wow, yeah, they're, they're really creating some exciting consortiums. Yes, yes they are. So thank you so much for joining us, Mike and Nick, and we have linked some uh, notes in our, our show notes, uh, The Unlearning Leader, a, a link to the book, some additional publications, they have a Facebook page, they have a Twitter page, and you can even check out that soup chat archive. So lots of items linked in our show notes to learn more about the work um, from Mike and Nick. Well, it's been great chatting about your book and uh, having you both on the show. Great role models uh, for those that are doing this work. So thanks again, uh, Mike and Nick, for being here. Thank you so much for having us. We really love talking to you guys. We love following your work as well. It's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was an honor for us to join you today. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Very generous, guys. Thanks. Each episode, we leave you with a couple of questions to think about with the idea of provoking some conversation. This episode's questions, what is your vision for learning and what have you identified as the areas that will need unlearning? And what can you do tomorrow to become a more connected school leader? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would like to comment or just find more resources and links shared in the episode, check out the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season three, episode 13. That's it for now. We'll see you next episode for a conversation with another innovative thought leader. Thanks again, Mike and Nick. Thank you, Mike and Nick. Thank oh, you. So thank much. you. You guys have a great day. You yes. too.
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.